Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about what's the best vehicle to use to hold my investments? What do you feel is the current best asset mix for a portfolio? And throw out that idea of retirement, it's an outdated concept. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. It is July 14th, 2021. New episode, midweek, hump day. I love hump day. Hump day is the day where I get new energy. More, and actually, I get new energy every single day. So I'm over here uh, telling the story. But anyway, let's get to the podcast. So, got a question uh, this week. What is the best way to own? investments should i own it directly i.e like individual stocks uh, through exchange traded funds i.e etfs index funds mutual funds iras trusts that's actually a really good question i get that question uh, quite often a bit so let me let me first say that asset allocation is the number one determinant of of your returns over time, meaning like what what types of assets do you own? Meaning if, and let's just use Bitcoin. If Bitcoin is the best performing asset class over a five-year period of time, it, it really doesn't matter whether you own the Bitcoin, like outright Bitcoin, whether you own it in a in a in a trust, whether you own it in a IRA whether you own it in the future ETF, if that is the case, then you're very likely going to outperform most other people because because you own the right asset class. So what's most important is to get the right asset class first. Everything else is going to come down to uh, taxes and fees. So for example, let's go with the funds, right? If you if you own Bitcoin directly, uh, you don't pay any fees. You don't pay a fund manager fee. You're going to pay a you know a, f- a fee to buy the Bitcoin, but like holding it, uh, like you're custodying it, so you're not um, you're not going to pay a fee for custodying it. If you if you use, for example, a trust like the Grayscale Trust, uh, that's pretty expensive. You know, uh, there's no ETF. If if there when when there is an ETF. ETFs are the lowest cost, most liquid way to own assets uh, in a in a fund type structure. Index funds are also really inex- really inexpensive, but index funds are basically ETFs that only trade once a day. They're not really ETFs. Really, ETFs are index funds that trade throughout the day. So have it in reverse. Um, but an index fund is like a mutual fund product. The mutual funds, you're only able to trade uh, once per day. But ETFs, trade like stocks, you can trade them throughout the day. And so, uh, you know, t- typically most institutions like to use uh, e- ETFs because they're low cost. You can get the low cost, but you can also get the flexibility and more liquidity. Mutual funds typically are more expensive than index funds and ETFs. And I really don't use mutual funds like at all unless I have to, uh, like I do with the uh, with the trust for 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 grayscale. Um, and so though, you know, so so as far as like how you own it, you got own it outright, 
you got mutual funds, index funds, ETFs, trusts, right? And then and then you can wrap you can wrap those assets in a different type of an account. So you can have a IRA, which gives you different tax benefits than if you just have it in a regular brokerage account that has no tax benefits, right? A regular brokerage account is going to treat it like a normal asset. So if you if you sell it in less than a year, uh, you're going to have short-term capital gains tax to pay. If you if you sell it more than a year, you'll have long-term capital gains tax to pay. Um, if you don't sell it and you, you only you only pay tax when you sell your asset outside of getting dividends uh, and interest from from the asset, um, uh, consult your tax advisor on all that kind of stuff. An individual account or a brokerage account without an IRA wrapper around it, which is what that is, you know, it's going to be normal taxes. With an IRA wrapper, now you get tax deferred growth no matter when you sell it. Uh, you know, if you buy and sell it, uh, you don't pay taxes uh, in the accumulation phase, but you pay taxes when you take the money out later. Roth is the reverse. Roth, you don't, because uh, a traditional IRA, you get a tax break up front, but you pay your taxes later. A Roth IRA, you don't get a tax break up front, uh, but you don't have to pay taxes later when you take the money out. And you also get to buy and sell all you want without paying taxes along the accumulation phase. So sum that up. Asset allocation is the most important part. And then what structure you own it in, whether it's an ETF, index fund, mutual fund, trust, IRA, Roth IRA, individual account, 401k, that comes down to taxes and fees and managing uh, that process. Next question or next topic that I had is, you know, Philip, moving forward, what do you think the best asset allocation is to keep my money invested appropriately. So the, the textbook answer the is is always, you know, it's according to your risk tolerance and your goals. But but here, here's the reality. Everybody should be a long-term investor. And if 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 you're probably if, if I'm taking off my you know wealth manager hat and I'm talking to you as like a human being, a non-regulated you know human being. So I'm not giving advice on my podcast. I'm just I'm just talking to you uh, as a human being right now. So so I'm gonna say it. It's like I think it's crazy to have, you know, a big part of your portfolio in bonds and cash because, because I am as close to certain as possible that with all the money printing and inflation coming, you're gonna you're gonna like lose money, lose purchasing power, right? You won't lose principal, but your money won't be able to buy what it's gonna buy over time, which is a loss of money, which is worse than a temporary loss in principal. And so the more cash and bonds you have in your portfolio, the risky riskier it is. So the ideal portfolio for me, if somebody were to say, Philip, imagine I'm your brother or your father or your mother, and I'm going to listen to you like no matter what. Um, and, and, and I'm going to let you manage my money. And I'm going to, I mean, heck, this is my wife, right? My wife, I mean, my wife money, you know, the way I want to, like, we don't have any, we got maybe like less than 5% cash in the portfolio, zero bonds. And it's like two thirds stocks, a third crypto, right? And 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 most people who know me, they know I'm 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 relatively risk averse. As a matter of fact, I think people misunderstand in, in investment people and entrepreneurs. They see them as risk takers, and really, we're just risk managers. What happens is, especially from an investment standpoint, you you learn to remove or in a business, you learn to remove emotions from the process, and so you make the most logical decision, which may be a very volatile decision. So my port, our portfolio is very volatile, but it's the most logical decision based on what's going on in the economy, where we are in the economic cycle, uh, protecting our money from uh, confiscatory inflation, 
by the governments around the world. Like I have my money positioned that way, not because I'm trying to take a bunch of risk. I have a money positioned that way because I think it's the safest place to position our money over the next five, 10 years as we go through this very volatile economic time globally. So, cause my deal is it's going to be volatile regardless, you know, but the more I can ignore the volatility of my portfolio and invest it based on what I feel is truth and principles that are time tested, then I'll be fine. Right. Do it unemotionally. It's a lot like working out, right. Working out is tough emotionally. Who wants to, you know, it's tough to do that, put that hour, two hours in every single day emotionally. Like you go, I, I go through emotional volatility every day when I work out the, the emotional volatility of not wanting to work out, uh, the, the toughness of the workout. And then sometimes I'm a lot of times I'm, 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 uh, I'm not, I'm, I have a lot of energy afterwards, but sometimes I'm just tired and sore and there's volatility goes with the soreness, you know, afterwards. Um, but you get, you get great results. S- same thing with a relationship you care about there. The, there's lots of volatility in a relationship. And the worst thing you can do if you're in a relationship specifically like a marriage is to, run from the volatility. I'm not saying be super, com- you know, super, uh, create lots of conflict, but I'm just saying a lot of times you got to say, Hey, you know, my partner might be volatile at the moment. I'm, I'm, we both can't be volatile. So while they're volatile, I'm going to be a rock. Right. And that's what's needed. And so in- investing the same way, business the same way, like volatility is actually your friend. I did a podcast episode on that. I think this week, or maybe last week. So, that's the best portfolio, the, the one that I would consider, in my opinion, like the safest one that has <laughs> no bonds, almost no cash, and most and, and the majority being stocks and maybe a third, 20, 10% crypto. When I say crypto, I'm talking Bitcoin, right? But if you want to have some of the other crypto, cool, like make it a very small percentage of that, of that 20 or 30% that you that you have in the crypto part of the portfolio, in my in my personal opinion. So that's that is that last topic, man. As you know, I wrote the book Retirement Investing One Hundred and One uh, two, three, four years ago. I don't remember when. Uh, selling on Amazon. I, I just I'm I'm gonna eventually like rewrite the book, and it's gonna be something about throw the idea of retirement out the door. Because um, I just I just like it less and less. I mean, we're in a time period where all the societal norms are being torn down and new rules are being written. I think it's time to write the new rules of like the central point of a financial plan. It shouldn't be retirement. I think, I think we ought to build lifestyle income plans, meaning, you know, saving up and sacrificing for someday at 65 years, you know, at 65, which is 20, 30, 40 years from now for a lot of people, it's just not a great goal. The goal should be, what is the lifestyle that I want to live? Like, non-judgmental don't judge me i won't judge you but like what's the lifestyle you want to live how much income does it take to live that lifestyle and 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 now let's use our financial resources to create that lifestyle as soon as possible so it may be something to the effect of i'm not happy with my job so you know i'm making good money at my job i'm not happy with my job so that means we got to remove the job (laughs) we got to find another way to make that amount of money uh and we're gonna do it right away but we got to figure out how to use our resources, time, and efforts to do that uh, sooner rather than later, you know. Or it could be, I uh, like my job. Uh, I just want to do it um, in a more flexible way, so I can travel more, be more remote. Fine. 
you need to find somebody who's going to employ you remotely, which may mean you might leave that employer and go somewhere else. Right? It may be, I have a business, but the business owns me because <laughs> I have to put in so many hours. All right, we need to start making some investments in your business to remove you from the business and make it an actual business versus you being self-employed. And so lots of strategic thought that goes into creating a lifestyle income plan, because once you create um, the lifestyle you want and you create your income or, or around that lifestyle, you don't really mind working. So because if, if you can travel six months out of the year and go to different places, but you can still you know, work in the mornings and create the income that you want. Like, I think it's dope. I was talking to a client yesterday who's been in, um, she's been in Hawaii for the month of July. She said, basically, I just wanted to take off for a month. That's what I wanted to do. Told my clients, because she owns her own business. Told my clients I was leaving for a month. I prepped them, gave them heads up. I'm out for a month, right? She may occasionally answer an email a few times a week if it's like pressing, pressing, but she's like out. And she's, you know, early 30s, um, she makes decent income. Retirement's not a big part of our planning goal. And at first she struggled, you know, just saying, uh, wondering why she didn't really, uh, I mean, she ha- she's a good saver, but she was wondering why, uh, you know, she, she was feeling like she should care about retirement, but she really didn't. I was like, well, cause you're already living life that you want. Like the work you do, you love, right. Marketing, you love it. You can do it on your own terms. You, you can like travel all the time whenever you want. Like, why would you ever want to retire? This is like all we're, all we're working on is creating more freedom every single year in your life. That is the plan. And so our time and planning is focused all around that for her. So hope this helps somebody, inspire somebody, motivate somebody to like scrap the you know old idea of retirement. And that's, that's with the exception of if you're like five years away from retirement, then don't scrap it. But I'm talking about if you're 20, 30, 40, retirement seems so far away, it's not even motivating. It's because it shouldn't be motivating. That's so that's so far away. And and you could be living the lifestyle you want uh, sooner rather than later. You just gotta be strategic in how you plan, which is which is what I what I do for clients. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Enjoy your day until tomorrow. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.